Good afternoon, morning, wherever you are. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to PP, Purple Politics. Uh, it's been a little bit. Happy Fourth of July to those who celebrated. If you're an American, if you're not an American, I don't know why you're listening to this. Um, it's been a while. Some stuff has happened. We learned recently that uh, the Army in the 1770s did take over airports, which was pretty cool. Um, Love that. Other than that, we got some news to get into. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing pretty good. I'm happy to be back on the on the podcast grind, even though it's not really much of a grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. All right, we can get started. If you uh, you want to go ahead and talk about what you want to talk about. I would like about. you to go ahead. Want me to go ahead? I would like you to go ahead first. All right, yes. we will. Oh, let's see. Uh, let's first talk about the um, controversy uh, surrounding Andy No. That is spelled N-G-O. He is a Portland-based kind of freelance journalist. Definitely conservative. Um, the Antifa, anti-fascist movement is very, um, very strong in the Portland area. Um, they have lots of rallies. Um, they have one of the, um, sort of viral aspects about the rallies is they're very aggressive. Um, they like to direct traffic. There doesn't seem to be much police presence. Um, but for the most part, things have stayed relatively, um, calm, um, until no, who's, uh, always comes to these rallies and videotapes or whatever, um, was videotaping a few of these, uh, protesters. Um, he's getting pretty close to them, but wasn't really, uh, too up in their face. Um, and they attacked him. Um, it was, they threw, um, milkshakes at him. Um, and there was some quick drying cement, and his face was pretty bloodied and bruised. Um, the quick drying cement was proved fake. Okay, all right. That wasn't, that didn't happen. Gotcha. Thank you for the correction. The, um, yes. So, yeah, so through non-cement milkshakes, um, and like, I think it was like silly spray or something, um, and then there was some uh, punching and hitting um, and throwing to the ground, I believe, that resulted in a very bloodied face. Um, and so he was sent to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. The Portland police did say they were looking for the people who did it to him, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so the notable things to me about this are um, kind of like the nature of it and the comparisons to other in similar incidents and then the reaction. Um, for me, um, I think the one that people always like to compare Antifa to, at least people on the right do, um, to prove a point is the Charlottesville uh, rallies. Um, those are obviously perpetrated um, by the uh, white nationalists that were there, and of course, in one of them, um, a girl uh, unfortunately died due to the actions of a scumbag who was just sentenced to life in prison. She was murdered. Yes, exactly. Yeah, she was murdered. He drove his car into her, I believe, and he also injured other people, and thankfully yeah. he was just sentenced to life in prison. Um, so just on state charges, I believe he has federal charges still. Awesome. Love to hear that. So he might be charged twice. Good, 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 good. And so obviously nothing like that happened to, to know. I'm not comparing it to that, but <laughs> just in general, the idea of these rallies turning violent. Um, <laughs> and so the thing I want to note about that is, so 
from some Republicans and Trump, the response to that was on the weaker side. Um, I'll just say weak. Um, Trump kind of condemned both sides, which is good because there was there were people who were counter protesting that got unnecessarily violent too. But obviously, the worst stuff was on the the white nationalist side, and so um, you know he did condemn the the car attack or whatever. Um, but it was pretty weak. Um, what he was saying it wasn't very strong. Um, so there, you know, him um, and a few other Republicans, I think, definitely needed to have come out stronger on that because that was a really unfortunate incident that really kind of rattled the nation at the time. But my problem is um, I haven't seen hardly anybody condemn the attack on no one. It's much less, much lower profile. Um, obviously deserves less attention than a murder in the Charlottesville rallies. Um, but it made the rounds on Twitter. It was news. Um, it wasn't huge news, but it was news enough to where I felt like the reaction was pretty much... Um, nowhere to be found and the other thing that bothered me was there were a lot of people on twitter that were kind of defending it saying oh he shouldn't have been you know videoing them that close or whatever and my problem is i think we all know if a left-leaning journalist who was doing the exact same thing to a right-wing rally was thrown to the ground it would be a huge uproar there would be comments about how this is trump trump's anti-journalist rhetoric manifesting itself into physical action but when it happens the other way and again we all know both sides are very hypocritical but this is just another example when it happens the other way people are way too silent um and especially because the left pretends to care not pretends or at least they care about the reporters they like about them being protected and having their speech rights protected but then when something like this happens to a reporter that does not like the left they're pretty much silent um in fact i don't think i saw a single politician Saw a couple of Twitter people on the left be reasonable and say, hey, this is bad. But I saw a lot of people say, you know what, you know, screw him. He was up in their faces, blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I just think it's unfortunate that that we've come to this kind of, you know, period in time where whenever something happens to you know, something on the other side, you know, we choose to be super hypocritical about it. And it especially annoys me that it's a journalist who, you know, that group is supposed to be very protected by the left. A uh, few things. There there were people who came out against it. You had Jake Tapper, the CNN anchor, who previously had defended Antifa. Uh, say Antifa regularly attacks journalists. It's reprehensible. Mm-hmm. A couple links as well. Um, so it wasn't there. Maybe it just wasn't as vocal, which obviously uh, getting beat up is not going to get the same attention as... Um, as a murder mm-hmm. that you've said that but i also think that the reason is because antifa is being propped up as this big boogeyman mm-hmm. which uh is easy to do because it's a political move but when in reality their their presence around the nation is very small and so when you have incidents like this with antifa in portland it's not as common for things like this to happen because Antifa, they have basically no political impact in the same way the modern KKK has no political impact. Obviously, this is a far-right example. Mm-hmm. But when you have issues like this in which I'm not defending Antifa in any way, mm-hmm. it was assault and they should be found and sent to prison for it. Mm-hmm. But when it's an event like this, which is easy to capitalize for political points, but in the grand scheme of it, 
their impact is not nearly there. As well as, um, what's the journalist in question's name again? The one who's assaulted? Andy No. Andy No. When Andy No, as a platform, has made himself as a the enemy of Antifa, uh, it's it's not like Antifa's just beating up random journalists. They're beating up, you know, far right journalists. Not even far right, but you know what I mean. I, I wanted right. to just point out that aspect. Yes, that it's not like Antifa's just pulling out any journalists and beating them up. It's beating up a specific, um, specific anti to well, the right. platform. But that doesn't justify and it in any way, right? It, the, I'm not justifying no, it. Like, I'm not justifying it. Make it. it I'm just better, saying though? the rarity. No, not right. at all. I'm just saying the rarity of it and how small of an impact Antifa has had. If we look at the attacks, they're very infrequent. It mm. doesn't justify it once again. But making a bigger issue out of something that is not as big an issue isn't necessary. That's just what I think is the grand scheme of things. Again, this Antifa attack was awful. The people found should be found and sent to prison, but it's not an everyday occurrence. They're not terrorizing neighborhoods on an everyday occurrence. Mm -hmm. And so when you have more pressing issues at hand, like uh, the immigration issue, the current political atmosphere, it's just a product of that political atmosphere. And, you see attacks happening all the time. So I don't understand the difference with this one attack than the other countless political attacks being being made, some of which aren't highlighted, some of which are. Well, the difference for me is that it's this, especially in the last two years, we've seen so much, um, so many statements from people on the left that, you know, journalism is under attack in our country, blah, 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 blah. And, you know... This is one of the few times in the past two years, if, if ever, except for maybe that one time in Montana where the politician kicked the journalist or whatever, that we've seen a journalist actually be physically attacked. And this should be a big news story if we actually do care about free speech for journalists. But it's not because no one left wants to cover it because it doesn't fit the narrative. And that's why. Because we all know if, if you know, Jim Acosta or whatever had been, uh, you know, slapped around by a bunch of Trump supporters. That would be huge news. Um, and obviously... Yeah, because of the scope of it. Jim Acosta is a much bigger journalist. Well, right, but it doesn't... <laughs> Andy, Andy knows not really known outside of the... Okay, yeah, I know. That was a... The Twitter sphere. Right, that was a poor example. But even if it was a, like a lower, like, washing, you know, lower, like, local news person that was beaten by a bunch of Trump supporters that would still completely go viral. Everybody on the left would be tweeting, this is Trump's manifestation, it, blah, 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 blah. And that's where... Because it is Trump's manifestation. That's the difference. Well, right, but... Whose I'm manifestation saying, but where is, is that anger, of the left? Where is that Antifa? anger coming out for Antifa's anti-right manifestation coming to life? There's none of that. It's because people want to... People only want things that fit their narrative. And obviously that happens on both sides. Obviously Republicans are hypocritical about stuff too. But this journalism thing has been such a strong, like, note of the Democratic agenda the past couple of years. And we actually see, you know, something actually happens. A journalist actually gets physically attacked finally, which basically hasn't happened except one or two times the past few years. And almost no news because it doesn't fit the narrative. And I think it's important that we 
if we're going to stress that, we stress it on both sides and we don't ignore it when something big actually happens relevant to the whole journalism is under attack idea. Okay. I think the anger with Trump there is the fact that Trump facilitates it. That's why the left gets so angry about this because Trump facilitates this media hatred. Mm -hmm. No one on the left, other than Antifa, is facilitating journalistic hatred. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the similarities end. Right. Yes, one side is attacking a journalist. Yes, the other side is. Mm -hmm. However, when you have a president saying, this is fake news, the media is the enemy of the people, he's changed it to the fake news media is the enemy of the people, then it's easy to say it's coming from the top. Mm -hmm. But when you have no one on the left that is saying, attack right-wing journalists and beat them up, then you can't pinpoint it on anyone. Well, I think the thing is, and that's the difference. A lot of a lot of Trump, what Trump says is, "Oh, CNN's fake news. New York Times is fake news. They're doing an awful job. They should be bankrupt." Blah blah blah. Everybody on the left, obviously, their words shouldn't be as publicized because they're not the president. But so many people on the left just say, oh, "Fox News should be should be canceled. Fox News should be brought down. They're also fake news. They're just as bad." And so you do see that I'm not, you know, obviously the rhetoric with Trump is to a higher degree. I'm not saying it's not, but there is still a good amount of anti, you know, very similar in terms of like general anti-journalist rhetoric from the left towards Fox News as well. And again, okay, I want to point out that Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, those big figureheads do not call themselves journalists. But what Trump because goes they after the news networks mainly, and that Fox Network, uh -huh. is all, Fox News is also a news network. So it's but he just similar. went out against those who he doesn't seem as his allies. So he just tweeted about how the uh, not Fox and Friends and the other uh, Hannity, Tucker Carlson, he pointed out, he said their ratings were lower. What has Fox become? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not Fox News. It's the people he sees as allies. And those allies don't even call themselves journalists. But I mean, but my my point is that it's a lot of what Trump's saying, both against Fox News, CNN, whatever, is very general against news networks and you know magazines and stuff like that. You see a lot of you see in newspapers and stuff like that. And I'm saying you see again not to a higher degree, but you do see some of that on the left. And I'm just trying to point that out too. And so it's not like no, I get that. It's not like it's you know only Trump or whatever. Um, that's just I I just like to see more consistency and you know I just just I like someone say something you know I'm not saying some obscure Democrat politician in South Carolina has to say something about this no but not none of the you know politicians who were elected in um in in the Portland area came out and said anything about this and this was at least within Portland this was actually big it might not have made you know big news in the country but it was certainly on the news in Portland and yet nothing. You know, I'd at least like to see those people come out and say something because it's obviously to a smaller scale than the Charlottesville and the Trump and blah, blah, blah. But within that small scale, we still didn't see any any of those representatives say anything. And that's especially what I'd like to see. Um, but good on Jake Tapper and good on anyone who did say anything. And I, I agree with that. And I do think it's fair for Portland because nationally it's not really newsworthy as much as it was or it mm -hmm. was made. So on Twitter, definitely, yeah. Yes, it it, it was Twitter. I can't equate Twitter to the national political sphere. Of course, yeah. Um, but I do agree. Yes, do not attack journalists, even if you don't like them.
All right. What you got for me, Sean? Uh, this bullshit with go back to your country. Let's dive in. Um, Trump is kind of appealing to his base. Uh, he tweeted Sunday about how the progressive politicians should go back to their own country and um, fix their own government before going to the United States, calling it the greatest and most powerful nation on earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, why don't they go back to and, fi- and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Then come back and show us how it is done. These places need your help badly. I'm sure, or you can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. So Trump was uh, pouncing on some infighting with the Democrats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nancy Pelosi and the progressive squad um, have argued about things in the past policy, uh, the aid package that was sent. Mm -hmm. And Trump said, go back to your country. Uh, Reminder, this is the president telling citizens, other than uh, Omar, who was born in Somali, uh, Somalia, and is a refugee, Mm -hmm. um, telling them to go back and fix their country. So three of the four of these progressive, uh, progressive female congresswomen are from the United States. So I, I, this is just the most blatant racial attack the president has had so far. Um, and I saw no reaction from the right. That was as, uh, serious as the tweet he made. Um, Let's call it what it is, a dog whistle. This is a dog whistle to the racial sect of America that wants to keep America white, that wants us to break all all progress that was made, that wants to go back 50 years. Um, And to say that there isn't a segment of the right that does want uh, America to be just white and a Christian nation is a lie. There's definitely, it's small, it's small, but I do think it is growing. Um, he capitalized on the fear mongering with communism and socialism. He called out Israel. He called out hatred for country and the house voted to condemn his statement for Republicans and an independent, the recently independent, uh, Amash from Michigan was one of the votes for it. So you have a big segment of Republicans in the House and four, I'll count five with Amash, voting to condemn this statement. Mm -hmm. I would... This is not the Republican Party. The, um... Well, okay, so obviously the tweets were awful. They were definitely, I would say, a dog whistle. Um, completely inappropriate. I think the issue with the condemnation is Pelosi said um, they were racist. 
Um, and I think a lot of people hesitate, and I know I would too. I wouldn't want to go on the record and say that we're racist because I do think it's important to have the distinction between racist and a dog whistle or racially insensitive. He wasn't saying one's race was superior to another. Could you argue that some of that was implied? Absolutely, blah, blah, blah. But again, the, you know, the tweets did focus on the countries, and I'm not justifying the tweets. I do think there was definitely some uh, very inappropriate racial undertones in them. But I think to go on and, 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 you know, if you're... I think a lot of people voted just to vote with the party and vote with Trump, and I think that's definitely wrong. But I think there definitely was a small subset who said, I don't want to go on and, you know, go on the record and say that this is racist um, when it's more, you know, racially insensitive dog whistle whatever because i think it is i think that distinction is important and i don't know if those people were voting the way i'm thinking about it i'm sure a lot were just saying oh you know defend trump i don't want to go against the party leader blah 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 blah, blah which is bad but i think that's the part that got a lot of people was pelosi's um just the the specific word racist um i think is, was is doing it, a lot of were the statements there. racist well it depends on your definition of racist um by the modern definition, um, I think you can make that argument, yes. Um, but for me, I personally think that's it's important to keep kind of like the older distinction of racist and then focus on more things like racially insensitive, racist dog whistles, undertones, blah, 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 because I think race is for a lot of people, and I think that's why it's important to keep it this way because a lot of people see it this way, is you know thinking that one race is superior to one another. And... You could argue Trump's tweets hinted at that, but in no way did he come close to directly saying that. And so I think that that's where I would draw a line. Um, I would like, I don't know if it's possible to, but I would abstain because I definitely want to, if I were voting, I wouldn't want to go on record defending the tweets at all. But I also wouldn't want to go on and, and expand the definition of the word racist because to me, I think it's important to have these different distinctions or else things get too generalized and it gets all messy. I don't know, you probably disagree, but that's where I draw the line. It's kind of a, a more uh, grammar, semantic type thing. Okay. Here's why I think it's racist. Mm -hmm. One, all four of those progressive women are women of color. There are plenty of progressive men and white people in the Democratic Party. He's never told any of them to go back to their country. Uh, further, hmm. it's easy then to signal out a woman of color or a person of color and tell them to go back to their country based on the belief of what belongs. And when you have a belief that white people belong, which Trump seemed to make clear, not directly, but indirectly, and that people of color are not right, in quotes, that they can go back to their country. Two, a racist dog whistle. It's called a dog whistle because not everyone can hear it. Not everyone can hear a dog whistle. However, those who are looking for it will hear it. You have far-right nationalists, you have nationalists, white supremacists, who are listening and who hear it. He's, they see what he's saying. Whether or not we see it is up to the reader. So it is very direct in his, in his placement of that word, or that phrase, go back to your country. 
That is the issue. From the top, the head executive is saying, go back and fix your crime-infested places from which they came. That is the issue. Now what he does is he lets it seep down, and it'll spread. Now if the president is saying, go back to your country, now we can say it. When you have kids saying, go back to your country, which I heard today and had to talk to, that is the issue. And when you don't fully condemn it for what it is, you are letting it continue. The Republican Party is not the Republican Party. It is the Trump Party. And it has been for the last three years. And it will be until this guy gets out of office. They have completely gone on every moral that they once held. And that's the main issue. You don't see Trump calling other people crazy communists or telling them to go back to their country. You only see it with these four women. And what he wants to do is he want to, wants to paint the entire Democratic Party as these women because he knows fear sells. And that's going to be his main political move is to scare people into thinking that these communists want to destroy America when we know they don't. Mm-hmm. And that's my main issue with it. That's fair. I'll, uh... I... No, you can keep going. I also want to... I'm sorry, but I want to talk about this. They hate America when we're the greatest country in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think the United States is the greatest country in the world. And there's a few reasons. You have education. We're ranked 14th in the world. Uh, That's the Guardian. Health insurance coverage. We're ranked 34th. Press freedom, 45th. Our infrastructure is a D-plus grade. That's not the greatest country in the world. When we have over a trillion dollars in student debt, when most people can't afford, say, a $500 unexpected payment, that's not the greatest country in the world. What is great about America is the potential, and that's what these congresswomen see. That's why they want to push for these progressive policies. And they're not socialists or communists. That's a fear tactic. It's worked in the past. It's going to continue to work because we don't know what the word means. American socialism is so far off the real definition of socialism, but it works every time. It goes all the way back to the Red Scare. Both of them. Both the Red Scares. So when you use this word socialism, which truly means controlling the means of production, government-run things, the only thing I can really see as socialism is universal health care. But even those plans are a little iffy on how they want to go out on it. Bernie is the most quote-unquote socialist with it because he wants Medicare for all. But other than that, it's, it's really different. So these words are being thrown around. They're not true because it's a fear tactic. The Democratic Party, now that it's actually becoming or kind of morphing into a leftist party, that's where they're capitalizing, the right is. So I, I hate seeing Americans use the word socialism when they have no idea what it means. No one's saying let's control the means of production. They're saying, let's let people live their life without worrying about medical payments. And that's my issue. Because people are going to continue to use that, and they're going to continue to be scared of it. Um, Another thing I want to point out is how they point out Israel all the time. 
the right. All right, let me before we get into um, that, let me respond to what you just said before we. I have too many things to talk sure about. Um, okay, so first of all, the press freedom ranking is garbage. It was done by a completely biased organization, and there were countries in front of the United States on the ranking um, that had had issues with silencing certain newspapers and had like state controlled media organizations and stuff like that. So in no way is the United States 45th on press freedom. I'm not saying we're first, but 1,000% in the top 10. Um, probably. I've, I, my point with that is that it's been going down. Yeah, right. Um, the And then the other things I would say currently, um, I, do, I definitely agree with the idea that America is great because of its potential. Um, I know we probably differ a little bit on what we see that potential as. Um, but... As far as the education and healthcare rankings, I definitely think we need to strive to get better on that. But I also think it's important to take into account that the United States is a collection of states and it is a gigantic country. And in a country the size, it's much harder to run government-aided uh, or government-run education and healthcare than it is in, say, like Switzerland or Sweden, which I know is ahead of us on probably the healthcare and the education. So um, should we strive to be number one in those? Absolutely. But is it kind of unfair to compare the United States to small countries where it's a lot easier, um, there's less parties, or not less parties, definitely not, that. that's not true. Um, but there's less um, disagreement um, in terms of where the parties are aligned on the political spectrum. I think it's definitely harder um, to get things done in America, and especially in a big country um, like ourselves with you know 400 million people or whatever. Um, and so I think the challenge is... is 330-ish. Yeah. Um, I think the challenge is to balance, you know, the ideas of freedom and liberty and justice with, um, you know, these these government entities or whatever. And that's obviously a huge debate for another time. But I do I do think it's tough to make the comparison. And what I do think America is great as is still its ideals, and which obviously at some point have to transfer into these categories. Um, uh, freedom and, and liberty and blah, 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 and, you know, the whole spiel. Um, but I think it's important that there's still a country out there like that, and America is still, um, you know, we're an active member of the United Nations. Um, we've helped out, you know, you could argue that some of these were unnecessary, but we've countless times we've gone into other countries to try to help out um, down with dictators. Based on American interests. Based on American interests. Well, you, partly, yes, but there's also... If you read, you know, many right-wing books or many military historical books, a lot of people did do it for just for the sake of being good. I think it's unfair to say that everybody who, who was, um, complicit in the decisions to go into other countries and be really active in our um, foreign aid and military endeavors, I do think a lot of that was actually just trying to be help human good. I'm reading a book by Charles Krauthammer, who was um, a big advocate of that for knowing when to to intervene and stuff like that and i i don't think it's fair to say that everybody or, or even the general idea involved with um um foreign military intervention was doing it for american interests some of those endeavors probably but i think a lot of them was the underlying american spirit to help other people and that's definitely failed at times but i do think it's important that we still have that and this is a huge debate but i do think those ideas yeah, are what still I, keeps america great in my opinion the ideals does not match up with the action of these ideals. And it hasn't for a while. We can talk about Iran and the Shah and overthrowing them 
uh, we can talk about the banana wars. We can talk about going into Iraq after 9-11 when it was a majority Saudi Arabian terrorist that flew the planes in. We can talk about a lot of things. But what it comes down to is our ideals do not match up with our actions. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of property, as the people put it, does not match up with our mass incarceration rates, which are disproportionate for the world. It does not match up with the fact that we're putting people, refugees and asylum seekers, in cages at the border. Those aren't the ideals that America is, or built, is built upon. That's completely different. And these ideals that Trump is, is spewing is not American at all. Mm-hmm. So that that's I, I do think that America is built upon good ideals. However, time and time again we have gone back on them. We have put in governments that were not elected. We have backed coups that have destabilized countries. We have we started MS thirteen. That's an American gang built from El Salvador, from a civil war. They fleed the country. They built neighborhoods in California. That's the founding of MS-13. And then after that war ended, we sent them all back. The leader of MS-13 during that time was an American-trained special forces uh, soldier from El Salvador. These ideals are not being kept. So it's ironic when the president of the United States is going back on everything America is supposed to be built on, saying the, the MS-13 is pouring in. No, MS-13 is pouring out. And it just boggles me how people refuse to admit that these ideals are not being followed and will not vote against them. To vote for Trump in 2020 is not American. That's a little tangent, lo siento. I think I think the voting rights extends far beyond, not the voting rights. the The voting extends far beyond just what you were talking about. But I do agree for for many of the reasons you were talking about that America is currently not acting like the greatest country in the world. I will give you that. But I do think w- through the test okay. of time, um, under certain conditions, hopefully the ideals will stand and that will continue America's greatness longer than some of these other countries can can keep their current success up. But I guess we'll see. I might be proven wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. 50 years from now, um, the countries ahead of us in these rankings will still be ahead of us and still manage to be very prosperous and free. And, and if so, maybe I'll have to admit at that point. Um, but I, I, guess I we'll want see. to say that I do not hate the United States. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoy living here and I love this country. But I do think it is valid to say that there are a lot of flaws. For sure. Um, and the comment I wanted to bring up on Israel sure. is that I do not think it is anti-Semitic to be against the policies of Israel. Uh, I think that it is very easy in the way that some would say the left uses racism as a cop-out. I think the right uses anti-Semitism as a cop-out. If you critique Israel in the, in the state it's in, you are called an anti-Semite. Uh, and it, it goes back to what you, it, what you believe, you know, f- with Palestine and Israel, the conflict. 
but to critique the government of Israel, which the United States is a major supporter of, and we fund a lot of their military, that is not invalid in the same way that we can critique Iran and we can critique uh, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Are those three the same? No, not at all. But there are issues with every country on this earth, and you can critique them. It does not mean you hate the people if you critique the government. I think So I, I think that calling anti-Semitism on these people is not fair, not warranted, and not true. Yes, I imagine there were comments that can be taken out of context is anti-Semitism. But to critique the government, which I've seen a lot of uh, these politicians do, is not anti-Semitism. Well, I think well, I agree that critiquing the government is not anti-Semitism. I completely agree with that. But I think it does go deeper than that. I think there's a lot of subtle acts that go unnoticed that are anti-Semitic in nature. A lot of it has to do with who mm-hmm. these politicians are associating themselves with. Um, Jeremy Corbyn, who's a leader of the Labour Party in the UK, has had to apologize for anti-Semitism before. 87% of British Jews feel that the UK Labour Party is anti-Semitic in nature, and yet the, the squad, mm-hmm. the four people in America, uh, at least I know I'm pretty sure two of them have um, come out with him on things and uh, have expressed their admiration for him. Um, I know there was uh, someone who uh, was known to be a supporter of Hamas, which I guess is somewhat controversial, but um, they have done some very, uh, very controversial things. Um, they're part of the... Mm-hmm. Um, are they labeled a terrorist organization? They are labeled a terrorist organization. One of them was uh, the same person who was tweeting stuff like death to Israel, whatever, was um, invited to an event for, I think, um, either Rashida uh, Tlaib or... Uh, Elon Omar, I can't remember which. Um, uh, and okay. just there was someone who was hired um, who was linked with that type of stuff um, that was help. Um, oh, yeah, it was Elizabeth Warren. One of her campaign workers um, was leading the, it was like, is this now or it this now? Some other like political organization that was forced to apologize for something anti Semitic, and yet their leader was hired. Um, and I think it's a lot of the subtle stuff that is not condemned strongly enough. And I completely agree that there is a little bit too much of the whole, Oh, you criticize Israel, you're anti-Semitic. I do agree. There's too much of that, but I do think there, there actually are anti-Semitic things that are going on, um, that are more subtle in nature. And even, um, Omar herself did apologize for, I think it was a cartoon she tweeted out, um, or something like that. And she admitted that it was, um, that it was offensive or whatever. So there are these acts going on. I do agree sometimes they're inflated, but I think it's important to note that some of it is real. Um, is real. Yeah, huh, I get that. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, anything else you wanted to Maybe know? your last topic. All right. No, no, no. Okay. Um, what is, what was it? Okay. The whole Nike, Betsy Ross flag thing, um, I just kind of wanted to make okay. a point about offended and woke culture in America. Um, I do think um, there's been lots and lots of uh, overreaction to Colin Kaepernick and uh, flag displays and definitely a lot of racist tweets by, you know, further right Trump supporters, whatever. And um, there have been many offensive things that have happened uh, along the lines of Nike and 
Colin Kaepernick, blah, blah, blah. But to get offended over the Betsy Ross flag is just ridiculous to me. Um, I, I think there's two kind of schools of thought you can take on this. And one is that, oh, you can't tell other people what they can be offended by. But I, I disagree with that because there needs to be an aspect of common sense. Um, you absolutely have to draw the line somewhere. Um, obviously, this doesn't happen now, but this is just an example of why there needs to be a line drawn. You could be walking down the street, blah, 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 see a tree. Oh, this was planted in 1850. That's when slavery happened. I'm offended by that. Obviously, no one says that. But that's just an example of some things are objectively not offensive. You can't say that um, you can't say that everything is subjective and that anyone is allowed to be offended by anything. Um, which brings me to the Betsy Ross flag. So Nike is going to put out shoes with the Betsy Ross flag, which is the uh, old version of the American flag, which has 13 stars in it for the 13 original colonies on some shoes. <laughs> and Colin Kaepernick and other people who were um, – sponsored by Nike, um, came out and said, hey, we don't want these on the shoes. Um, it reminds us of, um, it's kind of like a reminder of slavery um, and of that time and of people who created the flag that owned slaves and were racist. And for that reason, we don't want it to be on the flag. Okay, I get the idea that um, some of the people who were existing in the time when the Betsy Ross flag came out uh, definitely owned slaves and were racist. Sure. But... To be offended by a flag is just ridiculous. It, the flag cannot harm you. And even if it reminds you of a time when slavery existed and when people who made the flag were racist, there's no reason for you to be, oh my gosh, I'm offended by that flag. You know, I mean, I see things, um, I see I'm a white male, so I can't be offended by too much, but I am Catholic and I do see tons and tons of anti-Catholic stuff on Twitter and you know, a small portion was definitely warranted. Catholic Church is by no means perfect. Um, but I see something that I completely disagree with and is pretty biased and I've seen complete lies against the Catholic Church and I could choose to be offended by it. But at the end of the day, sometimes you have to go, you know what, I'm just going to move on. I don't care, you know. And, and I think you have to say that with a flag because it's just a flag. It wasn't the Confederate flag. It literally was just something that existed at a time when slavery existed. And you're saying that offends you because of that fact. And I think that's just ridiculous. So I'll, I'll let you respond, but I just, I think it's time for people to stop saying, oh, you know what, it's okay to be offended by anything. And oh, things that are pretty much non-offensive can be construed as offensive. I think that's stupid. So go ahead. Okay. Uh... Am I personally offended by the Betsy Ross flag? No. Do I think that uh, you should be able to wear the flag uh, if you want it on your feet? No, because I don't think anyone should wear a flag. I think it's corny, and you're not supposed to anyway. Sure. However, I see I'm going to look through, I think, what Kaepernick is feeling or seeing mm -hmm. is that the flag is a symbol of something. A flag is a symbol of something. Right. That's why when people burn the flag, it's a symbol of burning of, of America, sure. not burning America, but it's a symbol of the issues with America. Sure. So I want to say, but I can't speak for him because obviously I'm not Kaepernick, I'm not black, mm -hmm. but I want to say that if you look at the symbolism of it, what, would this, what was this flag being flown over? That's slavery. Um, this country was built upon slaves. 
And so when you have a flag that represents all of the time, even though some people were slave owners, some people weren't slaves, uh, I mean, some people weren't slave owners, you look at what it represents. And so that's what I want to think it goes from, that at the time slavery was legal in was very, very big. It was a majority of South Carolina. It was an incredibly big industry. And that's what I think the issue comes from. Yes, you can look through it as not everyone owns slaves. It was just some people. But I think it's bigger picture that slavery was massive in the United States. And this flag, by extension of what symbolism is, thus symbolized slavery. Uh, and I think that's where the issue comes from. Okay. I, I, just, I disagree with that because America divided over the issue of slavery, and you could also say state rights. And the side who wielded the American flag was a side that was fighting against slavery, and obviously terrible things still happened to the black people and black communities after the Civil but, War. But that was, not, that was not the Betsy Ross well, flag. Well, that's what I'm saying, is the Betsy Ross flag and the American flag at all points in history symbolizes America. If you want to find a flag that symbolizes so, racism and slavery, look at the Confederate flag. That is a, That should not be flown anywhere. That should not be celebrated anywhere. But the Betsy Ross flag is literally just a flag that represented the 13 colonies and the existence of America at that time. Were the people who enjoyed the flag okay. racist and did they own slaves? Absolutely. But the flag itself was just symbolic of America. That's where I want you to see it. Mm -hmm. That's where I want you to see it as. You cannot have America without slavery. The two are inseparable. Mm -hmm. And if a black... You cannot separate the two. No, no, this country was built on no, slavery. I agree with that. That's true. So if you want to say it's the birth of America, that is fair, and I agree with that. But you can also see it as the birth of, of the slave issue, in which it became a politicized issue in America. Mm -hmm. And yes, the Confederate flag symbolizes the fight over slavery. However, the Betsy Ross flag can symbolize the uh, expansion of it. And again, this is all subjective. So if you disagree with it, that's fine. There's no right answer to this. But that was Kaepernick's decision. Now, should people be allowed to wear what they want? Sure. But as a black man, he is saying... He personally feels that the brand he is represented by is going to sell shoes that that wave a flag that symbolizes the uh, the servitude of black people, the the view of black people as property. That can be the issue. So I wouldn't say that he's invalid in saying it represents slavery because he can't be. Just how you can't be invalid by saying it represents the birth of America. Should it be sold? I mean, sure, but that's not for us to decide. That's for the company to decide. And they went with their choice. They definitely knew there was going to be backlash, and they definitely knew that their sales were going to take a hit. But that was still a decision they made. I, I don't know if I agree completely with that because I think I think there are cases in which you could say, to say something symbolizes something is a stretch, and it's not true. And the only reason you could say 
that symbolizes slavery is because it existed at a time when slavery was there and because it was representative of a country that was built on slavery. Fine. But then why doesn't Colin Kaepernick protest? But Nike sells other stuff with American-themed colors, American flags, I believe, on it. Um, I know for a fact I owned a shirt a long time ago, blah, 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 um, that had something similar to it. And he it, doesn't protest Is it the that. modern America flag? Yes. But that's the thing. If America okay. was built on slavery, then the American flag back then and the American flag now are both symbolic of their building. So why does he only protest the one back then? At that point, then you have to say the slavery was not legal with the fifty-state flag. Right. So that's what I'm saying is so then the distinction is not America was built on slavery. The distinction is that flag existed at a time when slavery was legal, and I think it's stupid to associate something with something else simply because it existed at that time. Because if the argument is that America was built on it, and he was also going against these uh, anything else with a modern day American flag. I would say you might have a point, but he's going against the old one, and because they're both the modern and the old one are built on slavery, that point is not valid because he's not protesting the new one. The point that's valid that he must be focusing on is the fact that it's the old one that existed at the time, and I think it's stupid to be offended by something because it simply existed at a time when something else existed. Okay. That's, I'm just, I'm drawing I think I've... No, I understand, and I think I've said all I need to say on the the issue. Okay. I don't fault you with your belief, just as I don't fault him with his belief, because I think they're both subjective, and I think they're both valid. Fair enough. I can't say you're wrong, because I can't say a flag's wrong. It's all the view. But I, I think I've said all I need to say on that issue. All right. Anything else you wanted to converse no, about? No, sir. All right. Thanks for listening to our um well-spirited uh banter and uh we'll see you next time sure thank you guys for listening take care all right bye guys